Welcome back to Talking Money and Faith with Tanya and RJ, where the golden nuggets and laughter are free. So, you know, we are still moving on this um, um, quest or journey to, I guess, pretty much better ourselves. Um, and, and a lot of this is really kicking up because of things that have been going on with the pandemic. A lot of people are struggling with dealing with the pandemic. It's still going on, and, and I think there's still some fears and things out there. And there's also, um, which a lot of you are probably experiencing, work-life balance. And we say really working with work-life balance because of the fact that now, for some of us, I know myself, I no longer have an office to go into. I used to get up and go into an office. I don't have that anymore. Um, I also don't have young children anymore. It's just my husband and I, but I know that a lot of my coworkers have children, they have animals, and so now they have to figure out, they have one roof that everything is happening under. They're, they're, they're working, generating their income, but then they also still have family life that they have to think about. So there is a balance there when you're home all day long, figuring out those hours. And we have a guest today um, who is going to kind of go through some of his journeys of, of work-life balance. Um, and hopefully his story will resonate with you and, and he can give some tips and tricks or things like that to kind of help guide us a little bit better. Um, because, you know, somebody else's experiences could very well be very helpful to you if you're not sure where to go and how to deal with it. So I'd love to introduce John Lee. He is our guest today on the podcast and we are going to be really focusing on work-life balance. John, thank you so much for coming on board. Yeah. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for inviting me, Tanya and Regina. I am a father of a kindergartner, so young kid in the house. Um, I am a software product manager by day. That's what I do for my career, and I think I'll be doing this probably for the rest of my career. I really enjoy the work. And on the side, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a small side business making mobile applications for content creators like yourself. Mm -hmm. Very busy uh, and like you when the pandemic started, uh, yeah, worked from home for, for the first time really. And we live in a two bedroom apartment. So that space issue was definitely uh, immediate. So yeah, I'd love to talk about my experience working from home and now I'm full time working from home. Uh, I've moved jobs. The job market surprisingly is very good. Uh, who knew that would happen as part of the pandemic? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, as difficult as it is to work from home, I see myself doing you know, this kind of arrangement going forward. I don't see myself ever going back to the office. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So making that work, um, yeah, I'd love to share my experience. So how how long have you been um, remote? Have you been remote pretty much since the pandemic started? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Same situation here. Yeah. We had, we were remote for a year and then they had downsized um, my uh, company. We had been acquired, but they had downsized um, our office so much. Um, they had built us a new space and that was a lot smaller than the previous space that we had. But because they downsized us more, they realized the space was still too large for us. So they just said, you know what? Let's just close the office down because they were realizing how much money they were going to be saving as well. So I've been full-time, 100% remote since um, September of last year. 
Uh, I was, I'm a stay at home mom. So, you yes. know, <laughs> my job is to uh, take care of my boys and making sure that everything in the house is uh, regulated. But I mean, at the same time, I, I do side stuff too. I, I, um, I dabble in politics every now and then. Right now, I'm helping a candidate in South Carolina. Um, I, um, what else I do, Tanya? Oh, arrange podcasts. Writing a book. Podcast, writing a book. Uh, write, oh yeah, writing a book. Yeah, I'm writing a book and I'm also, I also give advice to, to business, uh, to entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. when they're trying to start up stuff and everything. I give them advice. I should get a business in there, but right now everything is free. <laughs> Can I ask you, Regina? Because I mean, your home is your office. What I what I found when I had to start working from home is I couldn't work in the apartment because um, that space had a particular purpose. Right before the pandemic, it's where we slept. It's where we cooked food and ate. And I found it became very difficult to focus in that same space for work. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had to leave the apartment and we live in a building and there's a lobby. So mm-hmm. I had to go into the lobby, a separate space mm-hmm. for me mentally to compartmentalize and just get in the zone uh, for work. Mm-hmm. So I don't work in the apartment. I go to a separate space in the lobby mm-hmm. and it's like an office, but it's a physically separated space where I, I do uh, the work I get paid to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I go home, it's that's something I had to learn. It's separating separating that space out made it much easier for me to not overwork. So cut work at the end of the day, and then um, what is it like? Just mind shift from work mode to family mode. Right. That was really helpful. Do that's you have great. a space in that in your house where you maybe have dedicated an office or a library for work? Oh yeah. Uh, so in my house, we we I you know compartmentalize a lot of things. So in my house, I just turned a switch my baby, my youngest son's room to my niece's room because she was living with us. And I took his room and made it into a creative space for me to write. And I call it, we call it the orange room because I painted orange intentionally to help uh, spark that creativity because orange represents your uh, sacra. I think your sacra chakra, which is your creative chakra, which is in that gut area. So you need that was one of those things that I, I use that orange to help boost my creativity. And it works. So they know when mommy go in that room, that's it. Don't bug her. She's writing. So that's my writing room. So I have I'm in my um shared space with my husband who does IT himself on another spectrum. And we set it up this particular room where he can do his IT stuff at the same time I can do my podcasts. So we do, to answer your question, we do have to, we have to separate uh, family life to uh, work your work life or your creative life or creative space because um, that also helps with your right brain, left brain type ideal where you, you okay, I got the shit this assignment off first so I can uh, like commit to this other assignment. So you have to, regardless of where you're at, some people, like in apartments, we lived in an apartment, 
and some people would go to like the lobby or somewhere to do work but i found when i was living in an apartment when i had to do like um a consultant or meeting people i found that going to Barnes and Nobles was my place to do it. When I didn't have a place to, in the apartment, I'd go to Barnes and Nobles. We did that a lot, uh, Tanya and I. Barnes and Nobles and um, Starbucks was our place to do it because of the atmosphere and it's set up for people who are working from home that doesn't have that space. Libraries. Libraries are another good one too. Yeah, library is another good one. But I, I, that's only, I, I found that libraries are good when you're like writing and you need a real, real quiet, quiet place. Mm -hmm. But when you need to go and like convert with somebody, you need to go somewhere where you can have that conversation. You don't have to buy shh all the time. <laughs> right, right. Unless, now the one thing I did learn about the library, because I think we, was it, no, it was probably me and my brother at the time. We, um, they do have spaces where you can yep. hold, um, events. Yeah, it was me and you because we were trying to hold an event before we got to the podcast. Thing. It needs to be for nonprofit only, though. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, there, there, oh, I was just going to say um, that was something that I learned after the pandemic is just how important the environment is, yes. not only for uh, where our mental space or where my mental space works best. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about habits too, and at the start of the pandemic, like a lot of us are focused on forming good habits, right? And getting rid of bad habits, whether it's stopping smoking or exercising more and all of that. And mm -hmm. a lot of the emphasis is on just do it, right? Mm -hmm. Get your uh, get your mind straight, um, focus on your your willpower, mm -hmm. and just just do it. And then on a long drive back from New York, I started thinking about environment. And I'm like, hmm, maybe another piece of it is, can you, can I like design my environment so that the habits I want to pick up and form are just much easier to do? And, and what was your answer? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> um, it's so, it, it, it's, it's the other half of the equation. We got to think about our environments and how do we, design and um, yeah, just structure our environments to make those habits just easier to pick up and maintain. A very simple example was like, um, like I, I want to be more active and I wanted to bike more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was going down to the lobby and working and everything. And I was working outside last summer a lot, just outside, outdoors. And I found myself um, finding it hard to get on the bike and go for a little ride because I had to leave my workspace and go to the bike room, get the bike and do it. <laughs> when I brought the bike next to me, I just left it next to me. It was just so much easier. I, I could just stop working and move a couple of steps over there. The bike is already there. Mm -hmm. So little things like that, if you, if you set things up in a certain way, um, I feel like it's easier to pick up better habits and maybe harder to um, to go back to bad habits. So, so basically you you found a way to tweak something so it took a little planning a little forethought a little planning and you said so what was it an idea you said you know what let me just take my bike with me and you know let me tr give this a try so was there ever a time where maybe you just had the bike with you but you still didn't make that bike ride because either something came up or did those times happen as well 
Yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah, there were times where I was just too busy to do it, but it was much easier, like, psychologically, when right. it's right there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much easier just to get on the bike and go for the ride, rather than going out of your way uh, and doing something separately. So even, like, going to the gym, I feel like, for a lot of us, it's a chore because it's, like, out of our normal it is path, a our right. routine. Yes. But if it's somehow baked into the day, if activity is somehow part of your normal routine, then I think it becomes a lot easier to, to stay healthy and stay active. It's not something extra you've got to go out of your way to do. And yeah. So speaking of, of healthy, how did you manage your meal time, your lunches? Did you stop and then go upstairs and have lunch with your family? Or did you no. bring your lunch with you so that you still kind of kept that mindset of that separation? Yeah, that's a good question. My The way I eat has been changing for the past couple of years, uh, maybe a year or two, even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I've been experimenting with how I eat, I want to say since my mid-30s. For whatever reason, maybe because I'm going into middle age, I, I've had to figure out ways to make my body work for me better. I needed more right. energy with the little one in the house and everything. So I started playing with how I ate a couple of years ago. And um, so I don't eat breakfast I don't eat lunch okay. for the most part like during the week I'm eating like uh, one big meal a day usually like in the afternoon mm-hmm. so I've been doing that for like a year and a half doing intermittent so. fasting exactly yep I'm doing yeah. that. weekends are kind of whatever you know right. weekends I'll eat whatever <laughs> but Correct. during the week Correct. that makes sense yeah that's your downtime yeah and I, I think that's something that people don't realize um different stages in their lives as they get older and stuff and their eating habits. Um, One of of the things that uh, me and my husband was talking about was paying attention to your body because nobody knows your body better than you. Um, We always, before the pandemic, we always wanted somebody else to tell us what our body needed and what our body served and stuff like that because it was too busy to do anything. Right. Um, and didn't have time to me and time talking about this process <laughs> stuff. So when the pandemic came in, I and everyone was like, "Oh my God, we shut down. We can't do nothing." And I said, "You know, one of the things I noticed was remember all those times that you was like, God, please, I need a break. If you give me a break, or if I have time to rest, I can do this, that, and third. So that was kind of like God's way to say, "Okay." Let me let me answer all y'all prayers at once and, 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 and see what you really do with it. So I'm I said all of that to say I think during that time we actually got back to self, like got back to center, got back to what you were saying, uh, work life with the, the creator in a sense, um, before we got on the show. And I think that's um is is important because that you know, dictates the way we live and finding that work, uh, work-life balance. Because yeah. knowing who you are and knowing what you can as far as whether it's eating or what makes you tick and stuff, helps you understand what your purpose is and how to balance it. Yeah. I mean, how did that, did that kind of fruition because mm-hmm. of the pandemic for you? Oh or? yeah, one, one of the main things that I learned because of the pandemic was how important friendships needed to be in our lives Um, and because yeah you couldn't meet people anymore uh, it became very clear um, just like how small our friend group actually was and luckily like since the start of the pandemic and the lockdowns we found 
we found friends who were willing to meet and, and have playdates throughout the time. So I guess we were bubbling or something mm-hmm. like that. And over the yeah, over those two years, uh, we formed the friendships that um, I consider our most precious gift or blessing now. Um, the reason we want to stay in Pittsburgh is because of the friendships that we formed and grew during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the little friend group that my son now has, it all it was all because of the, the pandemic. Wonderful. So you helped him foster new friendships and you guys fostered new friendships. But you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I never thought about that friendship part of it. You know, um, but that's that's a very interesting, interesting thing because you're right. You had to make a lot of modifications to your everyday environment. I mean, people got very creative. You know, Zoom was, as you know, was huge. And you know, they were doing Zoom parties, wine parties, watch parties, I mean, all kinds of things just to kind of keep that, some some sense of, of entertainment and friendship and family and things like that. And then of course, for some people, they were wake up calls to relationships that you probably needed to get rid of because they were toxic or marriages or relationships mm-hmm. that, that, you know, you needed to take a step back. And I think some people actually realize, okay, you know what, it's okay to do. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 this was a cleansing time, I feel like. It, it definitely really was. was and a lot of people still missed the opportunities. I think they're still there, but that was the time, you know, that first year and a half, I think was the time that you that really gave you what you needed to focus. But I think some people just didn't want to deal with the reality of it. So, you know, did you, did you and your wife have, I mean, what struggles did you guys have? during the pandemic and just trying to, because I'm sure while you were doing some of your mental checks of what you wanted to make some changes, mm-hmm. she probably also had some as well. And then trying to have those kind of, not mirror, but at least still be beneficial for both of you as a couple, as a family, even though they yeah. were separate things. How, how was that for you? Yeah, it's interesting. So my wife struggles with uh, more social anxiety so in, in an odd way the lockdowns were she didn't mind the lockdowns that much because right. she likes uh, the isolation but um and i'm an introvert naturally i think it, it was really having my son that pulled me out of my introversion for his sake because i knew somewhere in the back of my head that for him to you know be a healthy boy he needed to have a lot of social interaction and he needed playmates. And really the only way for, I think, for a child to have, get get a best friend and to, and to form relationships at that young age is if the parents are friends. It's not, the kids don't really have the power at that age to get together on their own and socialize. The parents are happy, they have to be there. So that got me thinking and pushing myself to like, to reach out and say hello to strangers at the playground and to try to form those friendships at, at this level so that the kids can get together more regularly and form their friendships. Um, that's and yeah, that's something that really kind of became more important during the lockdown because it, you really had to be intentional about who, who to ask for playdates and be sensitive to different things. But it's great that you guys found that, you know, seriously, because I, I have a friend of mine that 
is a little leery about doing, you know, play dates and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, but your kids need to be able to interact. You know, don't force that on them if that's not who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, but that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I I can I mean I can I can relate to that because right. I, where I'm at is kind of funny anyway. <laughs> so I have one kid who is introvert. He, he if he could he he'll stay in the house all day long, <laughs> like pulling teeth to kick him out the house, and then he'll go outside for like five minutes, and then say. Oh, uh, can I get some water? So he makes excuses why he need to be back in the house. The other kid, oh my God, he's extrovert all day long. He'll be like, can I go outside? Can I go outside? I want to go outside. But he's the youngest one, so he can't go out by himself. So having two kids from two different degrees and being a parent that's really cautious about who their child hang out, including their self, who they hang out with, because of the energy transfers, it, it, it kind of wears on, in a sense, um, and whatnot. But I can understand and relate to you when you say you have to, especially being an introvert, have to choose who you can be friends with and be careful who you be friends with, because you never know how what that other person is going through far as adult goes right. and yeah, I mean, for us for me it was more like who's willing to meet in person because i felt like meeting in person was important right like playing yes. physically together um so I, I don't know if that made it easier or not but there were there were some parents that were open to that mm-hmm. and others that were not right so kind of made it easier uh, we met up with the with the kids whose parents were okay with meeting up and playing yeah that's great and so, probably made new friends yourself, right? Because, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I got a question. I'm gonna kick it on a different side. Um, side businesses. So say for instance, the person would want to get into entrepreneurship or create a side hustle and stuff. What are some tools or advice would you give to that person who's just completely starting out, they feel that they found a niche or have a, uh, have something that they can sell yeah. uh, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What are, yeah, if I were to do it again, I'd probably, um, it'd be a lot smoother. <clears throat> First thing I do is just make a website. It's mm-hmm. so easy to make a website now. You guys know. You, Y'all you say sign. that. I'm, I'm, trying, say, I'm working on it. You say it's easy. <laughs> yeah, I see people always say, oh, it's easy to do a workshop, I mean, a website. And, and the normal people be like, uh, no, when they start doing it, they be like, uh, no, this ain't for me. It's all right. Okay. So. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier now than it was. And it's so much cheaper now than it was. So yeah. like, I, I'd say for $5 a month, you could have a website and you can build one. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be the best website in the world, like the fanciest, but you can get your thoughts on paper. You can mm-hmm. you can have like a storefront on the web right. for $5 a month. So I think that's the first thing to do. Mm-hmm. Get your idea and your thoughts clear on paper um, and then onto a website. And then just, I mean, it, again, it's going to be uh, ugly when you start, but we that's how, how to start. You start ugly and then you just tweak it and work on it, refine it until it gets uh, prettier and prettier and better and better. And I think that's the key. You have to start and then just keep working on it. Don't wait until you think you've got the perfect idea or the perfect product or even um, 
you you got yourself registered as a company don't wait for any of that if you have an idea just put it out there and start uh, tweaking it and polishing it and i'd recommend making a website so it's there visually for yourself and for others to give feedback um, maybe a second thing i do is i'd have an email sign up on that website so even if it's just a one Create page an email list. yes yeah it's just a one page landing page with your idea and what it is you're offering mm -hmm. and see if you can get people to give you their email addresses for more information um, and that that's a huge signal of whether you have something that people want or not it's difficult to get your page in front of people to consider that's a, a big challenge in itself but um, with enough legwork you can get it in front of enough people to see if there's a signal there or not to see if people are putting their email addresses in or not and all of that that's a, a cycle it's um, you're going to be learning as you're doing it you're going to be tweaking the wording you're going to be tweaking the look and feel of the form whatever and then you're going to be seeing if um, if your effort is resulting in more people signing up you guys have a podcast it's very similar you're getting your content out there and mm -hmm. and folks have to subscribe to your podcast that's a huge signal to you guys that you're offering content that people want and want to continue consuming um and i'm sure you you're you guys are thinking about how do i how do we get more subscribers more downloads because those are all yes <laughs> <laughs> that's our thing it's like how are we going to get more like, like you said, more kind of people to, to log in and say, hey. Yeah, because that, that's the signal that um, you guys are getting closer and closer to what we call product market fit. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll be experimenting with the interview style, I'm sure, um, maybe intros and outros, the, the kind of content that you guys are producing. All that is experimentation. Yes. And the signal will be subscribers and downloads. And you're going to eventually um, move toward that fit, that product market fit. Okay. So, yeah, that's where I started. I'd say, yeah, please, please don't spend money. Please don't spend a lot of money on your um, business idea. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Um, get your idea and your product and the messaging around your product um, clear and find that product market fit first. Mm -hmm. And then if you want, you can think about how to scale that up. Scaling may take some investment, but I think discovery, so what I've talked about is all just discovery. Okay. That product and customer discovery is pretty much free and you can you can figure it out without wow. spending any money. Yes, and everything you said is 100% website and that email list. Actually, email list is definitely number one and then, mm -hmm. then the website, but yes, and that's, I'm. I'm slowly trying to gear to that point. I always struggle with the content or how to put it together, but you're right. Don't worry about it. Just get it. something out there and then just slowly tweak it as, as I go. So yes, that you just got to do it. Like you said, yeah. and, and you hear that from all entrepreneurs, especially the top ones. They say, stop waiting for that perfect something just get out there and then you can just tweak it as you go because most companies that's how they started they yeah. started tweaking as they went you know Some, so, something yeah. i'm learning and i've learned just as a small business owner is uh, there is something about like the number of hours you 
you've put into your craft or whatever it is you're trying to build, right. there's something about um, the number of hours that you've invested in it. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard like this number, 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. Um, I don't think it's a rule that people become successful kind of by accident. I think most successful people have really put those 10,000 hours into their craft and we don't see it. Like the people that see the successful um, actors or business people, like we don't see that those hours that they put in over years right. and years Correct. and countless failures. Mm. But there's something about the hours, putting those hours in and um, continuing failure after failure after failure that you're just building up those hours and you can't help but get better at whatever it is you're doing if you're putting that much time into it. So, um, yeah, I just remind myself that, well, okay, here's an example. I started uh, jujitsu, taking Brazilian jujitsu about seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Brand new hobby for me. I fell in love with it. And I see myself doing this for the next, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, I'm a white belt and that's okay. Yeah. Because, um, and when I go to my classes and I see uh, the other higher belts and and what they're able to do, it almost boggles my mind the distance between myself and even like a purple belt, let alone a black belt. It's right. the distance is it's like seeing someone at the horizon, and here I am. It's just how am I ever going to get there? But um, it's just a matter of time, and those folks have put in the time over many years, and your skill comes as a result of that. So something to keep in mind. Um, it's a journey. It's going to be a long journey. Um, yeah. Success doesn't happen overnight. Please don't think it's going to, or you're just going to be disappointed. Well. Thank you for reiterating that. I, yes. I, do, I hear it all the time. I listen to a lot of people, but I got to be honest with you. You can never not hear it enough because yeah. you do get those moments where you're like, God, am I, did I make the right decision? Am I doing this? Am I? And just knowing you just reiterating what you said has already just given me a little fire in me. And I'm like, okay, I heard that. Time you know this, but you just had to hear it again. And it's not even so much hearing it from myself, it's hearing it from other people who have probably had some of the same experiences where you're like, oh man, I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't, did I make the right decision? But right, just stick with it because I'm sure all the major people, you know, Elon Musk, Walmart, they probably all had some of those same doubts. They may not have ever really voiced it to anybody, but I'm sure they probably had some of those same doubts, but they still kept pushing through or they kept hearing somebody telling them, keep going, it's gonna to come together. So yes. something I've been thinking about also in related to that is, um, it's so, um, how do I say it? You've got to enjoy it, right? Because it's, it's going to take yes. a long time. Yes, you do have to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yes. you've got to find a way to enjoy today and enjoy the process. So this is something that I've been thinking about with jujitsu again. I've, I've learned a lot from this particular hobby, but I I genuinely enjoy going to class and enjoy the, the struggle of wrestling and all of this. Um, it's very easy to slip into the mindset of, being disappointed in myself because you know, I'm failing all the time. I'm, I'm being beat all the time. And so like, we, we naturally 
set goals. It, we just do them automatically. And when we see that or feel like we're not making progress, we get some negative emotions around that. Yes. Um, it's good to set goals. I think that's natural and appropriate, but it's also really important to come back to the present and find the joy of the moment and like playing. Playing is something I think I've thought about a lot. Kids play, animals play naturally. It's an instinct to play. And none of us play as a means to an end. We play as an end in itself. It is its own reward. And the joy of play is its own reward. So uh, you're not gonna make it to 10 years if you're not enjoying today and what you're doing. Right. Please look for something that you enjoy well doing. Said. Try to remember. Yeah, that's what, that was one of the things my uncle told me when I was um, a teenager. He said, find your passion. Whatever your passion is, is the thing that you're make money in. Because you wake up every day wanting to do it. Yep. So, um, so all the words that you said is, is true. You gotta find a place where is a happy place for you. Because yeah. even when those negative thoughts come in your ear or say things, you got to be able to remove it and say, okay, well, that's okay. I still want to do it. Because there's plenty of times I haven't, I, I think me and Tanya thought about saying, okay, we don't want to do this podcast no more because ain't nobody really <laughs> paying attention to it. And we did. We did get to that point. And we were like, well, we got some subscribers. So let's keep going yeah but i think it, we realized that this was something like a was therapeutic for us this is a, a time where we can get up here and talk talk to people or just talk to us about things that's on our mind freely without judgment and i think that's one of the things a lot of people are don't have that space or have the people friends for to be able to talk to each other without judgment and trying to learn it from each other from a different perspective um and whatnot. so I, I can honestly relate to what you're saying you gotta enjoy what you do <laughs> and <laughs> it's not easy to stay in that space either mentally because right. all of us want uh, we want signs of achievement we want to see progress toward those goals that we set but like you said reframing um, your mind and just kind of returning and looking for the value of what it is you're doing and the joy of what it is you're doing mm -hmm. I think it's crucial you need both right you need the short term and yeah. the long term right so it's, it's finding that balance yes you're right it, it is finding that balance most people well think about it every day it's all about immediate gratification and then when you get that, then you're trying to run and chase the next immediate gratification. And yeah, it like you said, the short term and the long term. So you just got to find that 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 balance in between the short and the long. And mm. it's like the short term is going to help you get to your long term. So you got to stay on that road until yeah. you get there. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Another example that comes to mind is like. Um, well, exercise, right? A lot of folks try to exercise to achieve a particular goal. Like I want to lose 10 pounds for the summer. I want to run that marathon, complete a marathon. So they put it on the calendar and, and everything, every day is training to achieve that particular goal, which is great. It's a good motivator for a lot of people and we need that. Right. But when you can get to the point where the exercise itself is 
the reason you're doing it because you feel so good and game over like <laughs> you're gonna exercise because it feels great and you're gonna get those results automatically yeah I have a problem with exercise. I guess it goes back to- But you feel good afterwards. I do, but the problem is, it's what I'm gonna put it to next, is rest. I wanna rest. Like, before I even got up here, uh, my sis called and said, are we good? I was like, yeah, I'm just laying it. <laughs> but that was due to me staying up to about three something in the morning writing, you know, because I'm determined to finish this book. It's one of the, the goals that I have for this year. So, um, but every time my husband's like, um, once you get out and go exercise, it, it don't take nothing but walking and stuff. And what dawned on me was the fact that I have to have a buddy to exercise. I'm mm -hmm. one of those people. Some people can do it on their own, but I need accountability buddy. I need somebody to be knocking on, hey sis, um, and we're supposed to be going somewhere at seven or four. So, you know, that in itself is going back to knowing yourself, but I was also trying to lead up to resting, feeling guilty about resting. So what is your take about resting? Um, oh yeah. And needing rest. Super, super important. Um, so usually on Sundays, I don't do anything work related. So this is an exception. Hey, Sundays thank you. usually take. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know when I started. Probably about a, over a year ago. But Sundays is I don't check my emails. Um, I don't even read or do anything work related. Um, I do everything for just personal like development. If I want to, I read something for pleasure, mm -hmm. but not related to any of my uh, professional or financial goals yeah so time with family that's that's the sunday um, and having that break i think is very important for sustainability mm -hmm. like regina you're talking about you arrive until three in the morning and maybe that's your prime time like maybe some, for some people um we have like a certain uh, a time frame where we're most creative but for me it's in the morning me too um that's like three hours or so in the morning is when i just it's easier to get new ideas. Mm -hmm. yes. So I protect that time for that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so just knowing like when when that period is for you, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, and protecting that time, um, but also working in such a way as uh, and like knowing you're going to be doing it for the rest of your life. It's not like you're going to write this book and that's the end. You're no. going to be writing books for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So figuring out a sustainable cadence of writing and building that writing practice into your day and in your week that's that's going to get you um, to the to the to, to the end of your life as an author right it's not it's not one book and done right it's no it's not it's actually a trilogy and it's something new because i it, this is a new new hobby or new curveball because i never saw myself as a writer I, I really didn't care too much for English. I'll be honest with you. I love history, but didn't care too much for English. So seeing myself writing something was never an option for me. And then I guess recently after the pandemic or something happened where something said, how about let's put this on paper and make a book, see where it goes. How cool is that? I find that fascinating. Like <laughs> the fact that we're like, we get older and we find interests that we never had and never thought of never thought of yeah it's fascinating oh yeah 
So, but still, your book may be a trilogy, but even after the trilogy is written, <laughs> you'll probably be moving on to something yeah, else, another, yeah, she, another she, book. She keeps telling me this because I, I let her read a, a couple chapters of my beginning of my book. I'm still on my rough draft, and she keeps telling me this. And I'm just like, I hear you, but we're going to see how this runs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I found, like, I found that it was something that just kind of that thing that kind of takes over you. I, I, this is the best way I can explain. You know how you do things just because you enjoy, but then sometimes you, every now and then in your life, you'll run across something that just take over you and just nag at you, like you got to do it. Yes. That's that thing for me. And it's something that I'm like, this ain't me, but this is something in me saying, nah, this is you and I need you to get it out. Correct. So, I, I just um, so when you was talking about um, thinking back to hobbies and creating, finding new things and stuff, that's something that was new to me. It's, it's just nothing. It's definitely out of my character. It's just like okay, I don't know what to do with this. Isn't that so exciting? It's so exciting to hear it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> somebody I follow says this. He says. Like we don't choose our interests. Mm-hmm. They choose us. Like we don't really have that any control over what we're interested in. Mm-hmm. It just seems to have come from the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But so John, I just want to thank you for taking your time and giving us your space to yes, be fine. on the show with us on your free day off. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure speaking to both of you. And we definitely want to make sure, um, especially since you're a mobile app developer. Um, yes. You know, if, if, are, are you specific? Do you have a specific area that you do mobile apps or is it just anything? What? So uh, I make mobile apps for podcasts. So you guys should check us out. Yeah. And your listeners can check us out at um, the website is custommobile.app. And if any listeners come through your show, I'd be happy to give them their first month free. So that's an offer. And yeah, we've got about 40 podcasts in our customer base, a little community we're growing. If you've got got a show and you think that offering your listeners a mobile app that's dedicated to your show makes sense, and we'd be happy to, to work with you. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to put it in the description when I post this this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> this evening. So it's, it's custommobile.com, right? Uh, dot app. Dot yeah, app. app. Sorry, I forgot okay. oh, about that one. Dot app. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this was really good. You you brought up a lot of really great um, points that even with all the, the, the different guests and conversations that Richie and I have had, hadn't thought about that part of it. So yeah, this, I think, again, we're offering another level of things for our listeners to think about. That maybe, again, they hadn't thought about, hopefully it's something they can incorporate or, or try out. Um, and then again, just reiterating, you know, as a side business, don't wait. Just yes. start something. Take actionable steps um, or uh, uh, money steps, if you want to call them. And, you know, obviously, if it's a business or a service, you're you know you're looking to, to generate income, but definitely doing those actionable steps. And you know, it takes a little time to figure those out. But yeah, we do wind up sitting back and 
second guessing everything. I know I've, I've been doing it, so now I gotta refocus and get to digging again. So, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was really, really good. And this is, um, I'm glad that we had a chance to sit and talk with you and share this Sunday with you. Thank yeah. you both. It was my pleasure. Thank Please you. reach out anytime, and any of your listeners are, are welcome to reach out to me personally. Um, yeah, happy to continue the conversation. Yes, wonderful. Thank so, you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Talking Money and Faith. And please join us next time. Bring your favorite drinks and an open mind. We will make sure we'll bring a good conversation and laughter. Be blessed, stay fresh, and stay tuned until next time. Thank you, guys. All Have right. Have a good rest of your Sunday. You do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.